There is such a thing called conscious consciousness. In terms of consciousness. In terms of consciousness. What consciousness is. You're listening to Explain the Brain from the Mind Science Foundation. I'm Audrey Quinn, and last month I spoke to Zoran Yosipovich. He's a neuroscientist at New York University. He studies meditation and consciousness. What came first for you, the neuroscience or meditation? So I have been involved in meditation for most of my adult life, um, mostly in the Buddhist traditions and then in some Hindu traditions as well. So that's where um, I'm grounded, and that's what came first. And then after that, um, I had another life um, where I was a therapist. Uh, I did um, psychotherapy and various somatic therapies. Um, and this neuroscience is my third life. <laughs> so, um, yes, yeah, so this is a new uh, kind of development, relatively recent. <laughs> so uh, it's, it was definitely a kind of a midlife event. Was there some central question that you were hoping to answer by pursuing neuroscience? So the, what the question that always interests me was what is consciousness? Uh, how is it that we all know that we are conscious? And what is the relationship of that consciousness to our sense of self? Why all of us feel that throughout our life we are gradually becoming more and more conscious? What, is, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and as a species, we, uh, in the end, value consciousness uh, in, in many ways above everything else. Um, if you ask people, nobody wants to just become completely unconscious or a zombie, even though we seem to really romanticize zombies a lot <laughs> these days. <laughs> what is significant about meditation traditions in terms of the consciousness studies is that uh, they recognize that in addition to aspects of consciousness that we understand to a certain extent in the West, all of these are consider- considered by, by these traditions states of consciousness. And none of this is considered consciousness itself. So in their view, there is something that is consciousness itself. And consciousness itself is just the open-ended potential to cognize prior to any kind of cognition occurring. So it's just awareness, it's experienced as awareness, it's non-conceptual in, in the sense that it doesn't need concepts to know anything. It simply reflects everything like a mirror. So in, from this perspective, we could say that we're, we're having difficulty um, understanding neural basis of consciousness because we're not looking at the consciousness itself yet. We're looking at the manifestations of consciousness as, in, as different aspects of experience. Yosipovich is especially interested in this form of meditation he calls non-dual awareness meditation. Typically, your brain divides experiences into things that are about you, intrinsic experiences, and things that are outside of you, extrinsic experiences. And the brain has different networks to process those two kinds of experiences. Non-dual awareness is all about bringing the same kind of awareness to both kinds of experiences. It doesn't separate or favor one over the other. And Yosipovich thinks that by studying non-dual awareness, by studying people who practice non-dual awareness, we can learn something about cognition in its purest form. How would you... <laughs> I'm picking up that this isn't something for beginners, but how would you tell someone to practice non-dual awareness meditation? Um, it is true that this is not something for beginners, but because this is simply a part of who we are, it's a part of our experience, 
Um, I think actually in many ways it's as basic as attention or, or any other uh, fundamental aspect of our experience. Um, there are uh, methods. We have a, a one such method that we teach at Non-Duality Institute. What would you tell me if I wanted to try it? Um, uh, one could say that mm, you can s uh, become aware of the fact that you're aware and then remain like that non-conceptually. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything to me. <laughs> <laughs> right. So the instruction is very simple, but it's actually very complicated because we don't have access naturally to that part of ourselves. Awareness is different from any aspect of experience that you may be having. So as you're sitting in meditation, you notice that you're aware, and then you notice whatever other experience you're having. So you may have a sensations, you may perceive something, you may have feelings, you may have thoughts. So from viewpoint of this meditation, you don't have to do anything about your experience. It doesn't matter what you experience. You're not trying to calm yourself down, you're not trying to excite yourself, you're not trying to do anything about your experience. You're just in the beginning noticing that awareness and experience are two different things. They happen together, they're, they're one unity, but they're two separate phenomena. So you put practitioners of, of non-dual awareness into brain scanners. What do you notice is different about their brains when they're meditating? So of course it's very challenging to do this and uh, it's very, very early you know, in this study. Uh, what we notice is that these practitioners seem to be able to, at will, so to say, um, alter, drastically alter the relationship between the intrinsic and extrinsic activity in their brain, in the relationship between these two systems. And during the non-dual awareness, the two systems become more functionally integrated. That, that intrinsic and extrinsic awareness, the systems that, that manifest those in the brain, those are more connected? That's right. They become functionally more connected. How can them? How can studying non-dual awareness help us get at this actual thing of consciousness that you say we've, we've kind of been missing the mark of before? So the current uh, methodology of neuroscience cannot answer the ontological question. Uh, it would, we would need to have some experiments in which... Um, um, which have been proposed by some, that advanced meditators who are at the uh, time of their death um, can perhaps go through the dying process in the lab and whether you know we can actually in some way detect um, some of these reported phenomena that um, have to do with consciousness uh, being present after the biological uh, signatures of consciousness that we know about have ceased. Has anyone done that yet? Um, from what I understand, people are trying to do that, but no one has yet done it, um, as far as I know. I, I can't decide whether that's terrifying or admirable. <laughs> so, um, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, as a scientist, I'm very curious, um, but I don't know that I would want to be dying hooked up to a, inside the MRI scanner, which is rather noisy and... <laughs> It's giving a lot to science. Yes. Right. So, so it will take some very evolved, uh, selfless soul to, to do this. Um, 
I think that because we really don't know what consciousness is at that level, so we're just talking at this level now, um, we, we, can't, we don't know yet how to design experiments to test it. Uh, what we can do, of course, is uh, enhance our understanding of the neural basis of consciousness, neural correlates, so what kind of processes go. And so um, studying non-dual awareness can actually help us with that because uh, we can also study uh, not just the effect on the global workspace or the global organization of the brain, but we can study how all the different aspects of our experience, perceptual, affective, and cognitive change in the context of non-dual awareness. So through that, we can then gradually understand what is this open-ended potential to cognize. Once we have some better understanding of that, I think we'll be in a position to understand that perhaps consciousness is a potential that's present throughout the universe. And it's some feature of reality that's present everywhere. And it manifests, it's explicit, when the matter is sufficiently complexly organized the way it is in our brain. And if it's not, like in this table, then we don't, not much. <laughs> well, it's in the, some sort of a potential for a state. Uh, well, Dr. Yosipovich, thank you so much. Thank you. You can subscribe to Explain the Brain on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcast app. Our top listener city this month was London, England. Hello, Great Britain. If you'd like to learn more about the Mind Science Foundation, go to mindscience.org. And if you'd like to help out the podcast, leave us a review on iTunes.